Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hey everybody, this is the Magical Life Manifesting Club Q&A, and for right now, it's just me, Michelle, and Salima, and if anybody else comes on the line, they'll join in too, but um, we're just going to chat some uh, law of attraction alchemy, whatever comes up. Yeah, I don't know if you had any questions. I did, I printed out this... um, article that I was looking at um, that had some good information. But if you have any questions first, we can start there too. Okay. I actually do have one on my mind. I was reading, I don't know where, but there was a Reiki article about some general guidelines. And one of the first suggestions with an exclamation point was never give free Reiki because of karmic uh, imbalances or like burdens that people would take on if they received free Reiki but didn't give anything back in exchange for it. Like, I don't know whether that's goods or like services or money, but that just didn't sound right to me. And since I know that you routinely send Reiki to people, you know, trusting that it will go where it yeah. needs to go, whether they know it or not. I didn't think that that was something that you would necessarily agree with, but I wanted to talk to you about your thoughts on that or whether or not you'd ever heard that before. Yeah, I I actually haven't heard that. Um, And I, that's not something I would necessarily agree with um, because I, you know, I think we have to balance our giving and receiving. And a lot of us who um, practice spirituality and spiritual principles, um, sometimes are worse at receiving mm-hmm. <laughs> than giving. And that's something, you know, that we have to open up to being more receiving. But I wouldn't, I'm not personally, I'm not like a big fan of necessarily the belief in karma um, as far as like it's something that has to be worked out and something. But I think that like, things like that can shift with your vibration. I don't think you do something and then you're going to pay for it for the next three lives. And that if you send somebody something that they didn't pay for, then they're going to have to pay for it later necessarily. I think that, you know, like where we give doesn't have to be where we receive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think if we are just allowing that the universe can kind of sort that all out for us. I don't right. know. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree. Well, I mean, not that this is in any way scientific, but I read that. And, you know, the typical, like, um, you know, my sort of somatic response to it wasn't good. It just struck me as being wrong. Because if one <laughs> believes in, like, you know, divine energy, and it's perfect and it can do no harm, and it'll only go where it needs to go. 
um, then I just, it doesn't seem to me then that it could be incurred like against someone's like karmic account, if you will. That just sounded, I mean, I think I understand what that, what that point was trying to make, but it just struck me as wrong. It struck me as a pollution of the understanding of what it's about because, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's like we, whether we call it Reiki or know exactly what we're doing or not, we send, like, someone positive vibes or we pray for them. Um, even if things don't seem to, you know, hit their mark, like, by our understanding of it, they, I just don't believe that anything you do in love and that you send out in love can do damage. I just don't, you know? Yeah. So I, I would agree with you and I can can maybe understand like I don't think it's going to cause damage to the person you're sending it out to in any way but I can understand if someone was like a professional Reiki practitioner mm-hmm. that you know some of them may tend to give away more of their services and I even like Leone when she first started um, she you know sharing her art and things she was talking about how she wouldn't charge anybody for her art and she just gave it away. And someone had told her, you know, if you're a professional artist and you just give it away, then you don't give somebody the opportunity to value what you give, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and pay for that service and you need to make it an even exchange. And I do think, you know, if you, you know, want to be a Reiki um, practitioner, um, you know, giving everything away for free may not be your best option. Right. Um, and but, you know, especially for someone like uh, us who are doing it more not necessarily as a as a job, but just as you know, kind of our own service to humanity and people that we come in contact with. I don't see how we could, you know, like you. I agree that Reiki does no harm. So us sending the Reiki wouldn't do any harm and then I think just like if somebody is a person who normally charges for Reiki then they may want to think about you know right if they're valuing their services appropriately I totally I totally get that and that's something that I um have to remind myself about all the time I can tend to um undervalue my contribution sometimes it comes from you know the intention there that I just like to share I like to you know give away and make things easy for people and I just you know very um, uh, communal like community minded and in that way Um, but I have had to learn that when I I, like I, I really can undervalue whatever it is I'm contributing when I do that. Like there's a time and a place um, for largesse, and there is a time to lovingly state like what the what the value equivalent is of something that you do or that you give. So yeah, that made sense. But it was like no free reiki ever, and I was like, wait a minute. First of all, if you're just in your bedroom and you know you're just super like your friend, like. I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's kind of crazy too, in a way, because I mean, I'm giving Reiki all the time to my family members, to my dog, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so um, yeah. It that's kind of, and I'm not a big fan of, you know, like, no anything ever and never and. Mm-hmm 
putting all those major constraints on it. But it's funny because you brought up the thing about how we tend to undervalue ourselves. And um, that, that was, I had printed out an article that I saw online. It's from Spirit, this, it's called the spiritscience.net. And it said, it was seven ways you're unconsciously lowering your own vibration. And I picked it up because I'm, you know, I am in such a habit of some of my practices. But then I, I always notice when, even though I'm doing, going through the motions, but my vibration is still dropping because I'm doing something else to counteract what I normally, you know, things get out of whack. And I had been out of whack the past week or so, and I was like, hmm, and this, this opened up. And that is one of the things on there is that you undervalue yourself. Um, and um, your dreams, your goals, um, your purpose. And uh, so I thought that was interesting that that, that came up. Um, one of the other ones is you worry too much. Um, and I know for myself, I don't usually worry about myself, but I can get into that trap of worrying about my kids and worrying about, you know, if they're learning everything they need to learn, if they're doing this and this and that. And then my vibration just goes <laughs> out the roof, even if I'm doing my meditation practice, because as soon as I, you know, go off and start thinking about those things, and I have to give myself that reminder that it's not serving me or them to worry about that. But um, one of the other ones is, you overindulge in the material aspects of life. And I was, I was thinking about that one. I'm like, hmm. Because I try to make it a practice to indulge. Um, and not like, I guess, maybe that's where it comes in, the overindulging. Because I like, if I have my tea in the morning, and I think, and I'm not sure if you were here when we did, we did one class on abundance. And I like really try to be aware of the abundance that is in my life and use it because you kind of get in that habit. Like I have essential oils and, um, but sometimes I'll forget and I won't use them and I won't um, diffuse them or I won't light my candles or I won't, you know, I'll get too caught up in the busyness of life to take my time and actually enjoy the blessings that are there before me, the abundance that's already there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's good. I think maybe what they're talking about is is when you get so focused on the material aspects and going out to get more and more that your vibration kind of tanks there. Um, another one they have is you hold on to things too long. Um, and uh, basically they're like feeling all of your emotions is what makes you feel alive if you embrace your sadness and your joys and then move on to the next and that's one that I'm always in a constant practice of um, trying to feel those emotions when they come up and not judging myself for having them and I think that's a big thing that comes a, a lot of times people are taught with, you know, the law of attraction that if you're worrying or you're thinking bad thoughts or you're feeling negative that you're going to bring bad things to you so they get scared of those feelings. 
mm-hmm. instead of feeling them and um, then they kind of hide them instead of actually feeling them. And then for some reason, when you do that, they just stay with you. Yeah, they <laughs> really do. Back like, <laughs> yeah, I was um, talking with some friends today just via instant messenger, you know, during the day while we were all at work or doing what whatever it is that we, you know, do. Some Like a couple of my, one of my friends is a stay-at-home mom and the other one is a school administrator and, you know, I am an editor for a textbook publishing company, but, you know, because technology has made it possible if you choose to, to be, you know, present and available, we're able to stay in touch during the day, just a little touch point, you know, from time to time. Yeah. And uh, I was telling them that I, I was like, you know, I have been dreading, you know, a couple of things and worrying about a couple of things. I was like to the point that I like had one of those dreams last night where I, you know, would dream it, startle myself awake and like fall back asleep. And it was one of those dreams that was just right there waiting for you. Like sometimes you wake yourself up and you're able to shake it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I feel disingenuous not acknowledging that I'm dreading it. And I realized I was trying not to, like, fan the flame, so to speak, by talking about it. And I'm like, no, i got to take the air out of this. You know, i got to say this yeah. is something I am, you know, concerned about. And so it just sometimes helps. I think that sometimes we can, I can, like you just said, I can get very caught up in, I don't want to, like, give this, like, thought more energy. I don't want to give it legs. But... If you're thinking about it but not talking about it, it's already got legs. So you might as well say it, yeah. put it out there. And like, you know, almost let the scenario play out. You know, okay, what will happen if this, you know, if this happens or whatever. So I totally, that's a very applicable lesson just from today. Yeah. And I I remember a friend of mine um, is a judge and she does drug courts. And I, it's, it's like a thing, like a, intervention they do where people have to go through this drug testing and come into the court every week and it keeps them from going to jail but it helps them get off drugs Mm -hmm. it's a really neat program but she was talking to me about how one of the ladies who went through her program she just she said she her husband passed away while she was in the midst of major drug addiction and she never felt it. And once she got off drug, you know, I think he had been passed away like seven years before. And then once she got off the drugs, like those emotions just like, and she had to grieve his death. And, you know, I think, you know, drugs are, you know, I mean, if you're totally strung out on drugs, then that's an extreme way of avoiding all those emotions. And, but I think we all have these little ways <laughs> that mm-hmm. we tend to do it in our life. And um, so I just thought that was an interesting one and one that, that we can all look at if we're noticing that our vibration isn't as high as we want it to be, or things are kind of flowing the way we want them to be. It's it's not necessarily the emotions and the thoughts that are coming in. It's the resistance to the emotions and the thoughts that are coming right. in. Right, right, 100%. Yeah. Well, whatever we try to delay, I found that it will wait for you on the other side. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever you ignore, yeah. it'll be there. 
Yeah. Uh, and like this woman said, seven years. And I'm sure people have gone even longer than that and had things wait for them that they didn't want to feel. And it's kind of, it's kind of counterintuitive because I think people get afraid that they, um, when they start feeling, especially if it's a really strong emotion that is just going to overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. But when you, but when you actually feel the emotion, it tends to dissipate. I mean, sometimes I know for me, it doesn't always like, it always shifts if I sit and feel it, but then it may come back. Mm-hmm. But it seems like once you do that work, it, you know, it finally goes away. And so I've kind of learned to tell myself a new story about that. Like if I feel strong emotions coming up and I think uh, as a child in early, my early teens and even into my middle later teens, I really stuffed down a lot of emotions. And so sometimes I feel like things happen now that bring back those old emotions that I didn't feel. Mm -hmm. And and I've had a lot of that actually in the past month or so. And I will wake up at night and just feel these emotions and go, now what I tell myself is, okay, this is, oh, this is really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this feels really bad, but it's really good because once I feel this, it's going to move and then it's going to free up so much energy. And it always does. It's just not fun in that process. Right. But that's that's kind of my my biggest way of coping with it is to change that story about the fact that it's good and then just to try as much as possible not to create a story around what the um what the feel what the feeling and the motion is because our brain starts to want to chatter and get us stuck in that um the monkey mind of going round and round with the story and mm-hmm. Right. That's another way of avoiding feeling the feeling too. You think you feel really bad and you're like, but I'm feeling this. And you're like, but a lot of times you haven't actually been feeling it. You've just going through the story over and over, which doesn't feel good either, but um, does keep you stuck on the rabbit wheel. <laughs> right. Right. Very true. I was reading and um, I think we were, we talked about a little bit of this book before um, wherever you go, there you are. And um, yeah. one of the things the author put forward, if I already told you this, I'm sorry, he talked about the okay. trap of positive thinking being just like negative thinking and that you can get caught up in the thought when the whole point of mindfulness and awareness is to be aware of the thought itself, to sort of like mm-hmm. be able to look from behind. And so when you say monkey mind, I know exactly what you mean. And it's like any... any um, it's like having to be, like prayer and journaling, you be the thing you were trying or that you're desiring to cultivate, you know. So if you want right. abundance, you be abundance. And sometimes you just have to, you really do have to work out the anxiety or the feeling or the experience by just being fully present with it. You know, not thinking a thought about it. So, you know, you may have epiphanies yeah. and you may have thoughts that occur to you, but, you know, anytime I've had to have no choice but to, work through by just being with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, when you come out, now that when you come out on the other side, if you really work through it that way, it will it will leave you, you know. <laughs> but yeah. when you resist, persist, <laughs> you know, all that, 
You know, there are all kinds of ways to resist things, even by thinking you're not resisting it. You can, can, like, that's one of the things I've had to realize. It's like, oh, my God, this is just another level of resistance is all this Mm -hmm. is, like, what I'm doing, you know. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've caught myself doing that, too. Um, I think, I don't know if we talked about this before. I know I've talked to a bunch of people about it lately because I I think I did, but the surrender experiment, I recently Mm -hmm. um, listened to that and, Really, really, really like that. And I was actually talking um, with Jeanette Ma, um, the Good Vibe Coach, the other day. And, you know, she teaches, you know, really focused on the law of attraction. And I love what she does. And she's she's more like me because she has – it's more spiritually based. But it's more law of attraction techniques. So I was really interested to see what she thought about it. And she was like, you know – she really, she's like me, she loved the book. And she said, you know, when you do what he did in the book was basically, he just like allowed, um, he did a lot of meditation and meditating on consciousness and listening to the voice that was listen and, and trying to focus on the part of him that was listening to the voice inside of his mind and just letting what happened happen and just like releasing his resistance and like, amazing things happened in his life and she was like even though he didn't sit down there and write out all of those those desires and focus on those desires she said I have to believe that that his desires were coming you know to him even though he didn't focus on them because I guess you know it's like I think Abraham Hicks is like the universe knows what you want better than what you know mm-hmm. better than you know so it's kind of neat um to know that you don't have to sit there and figure out what good things you want to come in your life. You just have to relax, not, you know, let go of resistance and allow um, things to to flow in. And, you know, a lot of times um, the things that we don't necessarily think are good, if we can let go of that judgment, you know, it's I guess it's all good, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I, at, at your recommendation, I listened to the audiobook of the Surrender Experiment. I was like, well, this is just tailor, tailor-made, you know, for me with my 2016 theme of surrender that is relentless mm-hmm. and just will not stop. Like, <laughs> if I even try to forget that that's my word, I get reminded fast. So I listen to it that way because um, sometimes, not always the nature of my work is that I can, I mean, I could listen to an entire audio book while I'm at my job. If I'm, you know, doing a task that, if I don't have a lot of meetings that day or if I'm doing a task where I just sort of wrote and I can, if I have like copy to read, you know, I can sort of do that. So I took advantage of being in a phase like that at work these days and listen to it, and I, can I tell you how much of my own resistance was emerging listening to some of the things he was surrendering <laughs> to? Like when he got back from that trip to California and that woman was building a hut on his property, <laughs> I think I said out loud, oh, no, she did not. I would have been like, that would have been it for the experiment. I would have been like, get off my land. <laughs> Just the presumption of it. I was like, he just keeps getting encroached upon, <laughs> encroached upon, and that, of course, <laughs> led to, you know, of what his life's purpose was. But I was like, see, I'm not even going to do something as bold right now as tell God that I am, like, ready to surrender like that. Because I know that, like, he <laughs> had to be in that space where he could say, 
I mean, you know, the, the task chose him because he was, you know, per, prepared, even though he, you know, still obviously had to, like, work it out and it wasn't always comfortable, he was ready to at least make the claim. I was like, I can't even pretend that I'm there because I know that as soon as I did something like that, I would have a huge opportunity <laughs> to throw it into something <laughs> that I cannot say yes to right now. But anyway, yeah, I was chuckling at myself at how irate I was on his behalf <laughs> at some of these things. Yeah. I know, I know. And, you know, as much as I love the book, there were a few, and my daughter ended up listening to a lot of it with me because um, we'd listen to it in the car when I was driving her. And there were a few things I was like, I found myself judging him on. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Why was, you know, when he was talking about working on this program and working 16 hours a day, and such, I was like, when was he doing his meditation? When was he sleeping? Wait a minute. What about that daughter he had? What? Was she getting some attention? And I was like, oh, my goodness. Why am I judging this poor man who's sharing this magical things that happened to him and how he let go and of resistance and surrendered? And, and yeah, my mind was going. Tick, 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 tick. So I totally get you. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I think that's one I will definitely revisit a few times because I feel like there's some some like layers to that one for me where if I could listen to it more I will get you know into those deeper layers of it and um drop some of my resistance around what he was doing mm-hmm. but, yeah. yeah but that was it was a wonderful wonderful book to listen to and I was really able to take you know, what I would call bite-sized, more manageable challenges from it, you know, for myself, for like, you know, for right now, for where, for where I am. Just the importance of recognizing, I guess, when you don't have any choice but to surrender because, okay, like what he said about starting with something small and if it comes down purely to preference, then you might as well, like if something is happening anyway and your only opposition to it is simply that you do not prefer it that way. He's like, mm-hmm. why not surrender? Let's start with something small like the weather instead of, oh, no, it's raining. Oh, it's raining, period. No judgment. Like, leave it at that. I was like, yeah. I bet if you yeah. practice, you could work yourself up to a bigger, like, oh, okay, sure, please build build yourself a structure on my property. Like, if you, I mean, you don't just start with it. You can't, you can't lead with yeah. the property, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think, you know, different people approach things in different ways and like the way he did it was amazing, but I'm also kind of, kind of like, you know, sometimes boundaries are good. Boundaries can mm-hmm. be your spiritual. Yeah, it's like they can be. Then you're, you're, um, you know, you're valuing yourself, which is, you know, as we've talked about already is an important thing too. So, yeah, I think, you know. There's definitely different paths, and his is his is um, one that not a lot of us want to go fully on that path. But it's definitely amazing what happened for him when he did. So, and I right. I really enjoy the vibration of his voice because with him reading the audio book, um, just I uh, kind of felt a little bit of soaking up his energy, which um, I. 
I enjoyed listening to it. So I actually bought the other audio book, um, The Untethered Soul, mm-hmm. um, which is the other book that he read, but that he wrote, but it's read by a different person. And I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but uh, I didn't get the same level of connection. And I think it was because it wasn't him reading it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. When you made that suggestion, I listened to a sample, and you have the book on Audible, and I was like, yeah, I hear the, the softness and the gentility in his voice, and, you know, he definitely took this, you know, his study of, like, you know, Zen and meditation, you know, just, you know, surrender to an ascetic level, I mean, and he says as much, where he was, like, trying to, like, get by on as little food as possible, and it was all about, you know, um, you know, the the discipline of the act, but with a true spiritual, you know, transformation, I understand that, but I was like, you know, if you're going to live your life like that, like, human relationships really do take a back seat, and his, um, like, for example, the fact that he would be someplace with people and was fully capable of going off for hours and meditating and being like, well, got to, you know, got to go. So, you know, <laughs> not, not even sorry, but that would be his visit. I'm like, you, it, there's, there's a certain type of person who is capable of that. And I'm a little too, I mean, I'm an introvert. I love quiet time. I love solitude. But when mm-hmm. I am with people, like the, the relationships drive a lot of my impetus. And it's like his wife and his daughter yeah. were practically footnotes in this yeah. book, you know, and I was like, well, I mean, yeah, if you're good, I'm, I'm amazed he got remarried and had a child at all, given I his was life, too. <laughs> you know, and then I meditated for four hours, and then I went, you know, like, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, 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 like I said, it's definitely, like, cause the path that he was on was, wasn't quite the path of a monk, but it wasn't far from it. Oh, right. Uh, I like you say. I think there's some bite-sized pieces that we can take for our own life. But for those of us who choose to live a little bit more engaged, you know, with with people, yeah. And I, I'm amazed at how he he had all those work relationships whenever he was doing so much. I know. I know. But. Well, it's 8.30, so my children are probably going to be calling me soon. So um, if you want, we can just each do a few minutes of sending Reiki to the group. Okay, sounds good. All right.
Okay, well, Selena, thank you so much. It's always fun chatting with you. And if anybody oh, else listens, has any questions, you guys can feel free to um, put it in the um, Facebook group or send me an email. And I'm hoping, for some reason, my daughter's room is kind of weird. Um, her, well, her email, I mean, her Wi-Fi tends to go in and out. So I know it started recording the call, but it, I'm hoping that I can end the recording. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah, I hope it won't go on and on forever. Okay. Oh, I think I can. Okay. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.